I'm not a football guy. Right. I'm a marching band guy. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. He was tall, fast, and incredibly strong. The pride of North Texas and the bane of Oilers and Cowboys fans all across the state. Today, we're talking about football legend, Mean Joe Green. But first, to keep it in the football theme, what's your favorite high school marching band song? Well, I was in the band in high school, and we played a lot of stuff, saw a lot of stuff. But I always enjoyed playing in the stands uh, just as much as playing on the field. So I'm going to say that my favorite high school marching band song was song that we knew as Macarena. Now, it's not the Macarena that you know with the hand motions and the dancing and all of that. But it was, uh, it was a fun song to play, uh, had a lot of energy, and we called it Macaroni. Second to that, of course, is The Horse, which I think everybody would know if you heard it. <laughs> Well, I went to a 1A school, and we didn't have a band, and we never played anybody that did have a band. Uh, but whenever I did so go to high school games where there were bands, I always enjoyed hearing uh, the Imperial March from Star Wars. Um, my favorite marching band song is not a high school song. It is the Aggie Fight song and seeing it performed by the Aggie Marching Band. So, Well, you know, it's going to show our age. I was going to say Ice Ice Baby, but... Uh... <laughs> I am an American. I have American pride, and I think uh, it's good to do Sousa once in a while. So let's say Stars and Stripes Forever. I'm not going to turn away from that. Nice. There you go. Way to mangle the question. (laughs) Charles Edward Green was born September 24th, 1946, in the central Texas town of Elgin, just east of Austin. His only family growing up with his mother, Cleo Thomas. His father had abandoned the family when Joe was very young. He actually grew up in Temple, which is just north of Austin. Green started his football career at Dunbar High School, which was actually a segregated school located in Temple. At the time, Green was huge, even in high school. He towered over his teammates and opponents when he was six foot three and 225 pounds, which was large for the day. He would later become known for his aggression, but not while he played in high school. Green said, quote, When I started playing, I was very timid. I used to get beat up quite a bit on and off the field. But something happens to you when you're out on that field. You want to win. You're oblivious to everything else. And eventually, my desire to win overcame my fear. In 1966, Green was recruited by North Texas State University, located in Denton, just north of Dallas. Today, it's known as the University of North Texas. North Texas was a smaller school, more notable for its jazz program than for its athletics. Little would the coaches at the school know that Green would completely transform the entire program. It was playing for the North Texas Eagles that Green acquired his famous nickname, Mean Joe Green. Now up to 270 pounds, the sophomore defensive tackle led the team to a 23-5-1 record and the second-best defense in the nation against the Rush. Students in the local media, prompted by head coach Ron Russ's wife, and her brainstorm began referring to the Eagles as the Mean Green, and the name stuck to this day. Coach Russ later said, There are two factors behind Joe's success. First, he has the ability to make the big defensive plays and to turn the tempo of a game around. Second, he has the speed to be an excellent pursuit player. 
In his 29 games as defensive tackle, North Texas State held the opposition to 2,507 yards gained on 1,276 rushes, a per-carry average of less than two yards per attempt. He was also named a consensus college football All-American in 1968. In 1969, Green was selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers with their fourth pick in the NFL draft and spent his entire career with them until his retirement in 1981. He got his nickname when the Pittsburgh fan base mistakenly assumed that the North Texas team nickname of Mean Green was his own nickname. Now, some UNT alumni might want to weigh in on this, but uh, I did find that there is a second alternate origin story around where Mean Green comes from. And uh, it's a convoluted story around the basketball team and a bottle of liquor from 1968. But uh, I think everybody here will say that we all prefer the football story with Mean Joe Green. I say a lot of those college tradition stories uh, are can be interesting. You know, yeah. Just see our, our talk about uh, the UT A&M traditions and Bevo and all of that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, once at Pittsburgh, Joe established himself as a premier defensive player in the NFL. He became part of what was known as the Steel Curtain, the dominant defense in the NFL. He established himself with speed, quickness, strength, and determination. Chuck Knoll, who was the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1969 to 1991, once said, I had never seen anybody block him one-on-one. Due to his great qualities and leadership, he captained the Steelers' defensive unit beginning in 1977. Green opened his career with a 91-game streak, and he played in 181 of a possible 190 regular season games. As left tackle, he was named the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year for 1969 and also received the first of 10 Pro Bowl invitations. He also participated in and made several plays that ensured playoff victories for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His skill and determination led the Steelers to four Super Bowl victories in the 1970s, including two defeats of the Dallas Cowboys. He was named All-NFL five times, earned an all-conference recognition 11 straight years from 1969 to 1979, and named Defensive Player of the Year in 1972 and 1974. Many of his exploits on the field are etched into the memories of many, including an 11-sack season in 1972 and a pass interception and fumble recovery that led to a win against the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IX. Now, despite his fame, Joe Green was never one to give out autographs, and Andy Russell, a member of the early Steel Curtain, once described a different behavior. On many occasions, Russell heard Joe Green say to several young kids, I don't give out autographs. But why don't you kids get on the bus and talk to me? And he would sit on the bus and he'd answer questions and talk about football until the rest of his teammates arrived. Football was Mean Joe Green's life, but during his career he made several TV and movie appearances. He also appeared in several commercials, the most famous which first aired in October 1979. This iconic commercial played off of Green's reticence to give autographs and his fearsome reputation. It features the child waiting for Green in the hallway of a stadium after a game. Green passes by the child, who gives him a Coke. In response, Mean Joe smiles and gives the kid his game jersey. The commercial was listed as one of the top ten commercials of all time by TV Guide magazine and by USA Today. His movies include The Black Six, Horror High, Lady Coco, Fighting Back, The Story of Rocky Blyer, Smokey and the Bandit 2, All the Marbles, and The Stealer and the Pittsburgh Kid. (laughs) 
the Steeler and the Pittsburgh Kid is actually a spinoff of that famous Coca-Cola commercial. Of course. Now, after retiring from the NFL, Green spent one year, 1982, as a color analyst for CBS NFL coverage before he became an assistant coach under Steelers head coach Chuck Knoll in 1987. He spent the next 16 years as an assistant coach with the Steelers, the Miami Dolphins, and the Arizona Cardinals. In 2004, he finally retired from coaching and was named the special assistant for player personnel for the Steelers. In this position, he earned his fifth Super Bowl ring after the Steelers won Super Bowl forty and a sixth from Super Bowl forty three. Green is one of four people outside of the Rooney family to have Super Bowl rings from six championship teams. The Rooney family actually owns the Steelers. Green retired from his position in the Steelers front office in 2013. It was Green, in fact, who coined the phrase one for the thumb in 81 after the Steelers won Super Bowl fourteen. After the Steelers missed the playoffs in 1980, the saying was simply shortened to one for the thumb and became the unofficial rally cry for the Steelers' search for the elusive fifth Vince Lombardi trophy until the team finally won it in 2005. On July 30, 2014, it was announced that the Steelers would be retiring Green's number 75 and it was officially retired at halftime during the Steelers game against arch-rival Baltimore Ravens on November 2, 2014. The Steelers won the game 43-23. to Green also briefly wore number 72 during his rookie season before he switched to the more familiar 75 in the midseason. He will be the only, he'll be only the second Steeler to have his jersey formally retired, the first being Ernie Stotner. The, the Steelers had not reissued 75 since his retirement, and it was long understood that no Steeler would ever wear it again. Yeah, so effectively it was retired long before it was officially retired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, Who, who's got the guts to wear his jersey? Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, Green was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1984, the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in 1985, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1987. He was a unanimous pick for the NFL's All-70s team and holds the record for most consecutive Pro Bowl appearances. He even was ranked the 13th best player in NFL history by NFL.com. Today, Green is happily retired and lives right here in Flower Mound, Texas, where he is involved in motivational speaking, community engagement, and charitable fundraising. You see, the thing I like about Mean Joe Green is that uh, he went? He had this wonderful origin story. You know, again, it's Texan origin story. He was uh, one of the world's greatest college football athletes who then left Texas and proceeded to terrorize and make... <laughs> Texas fans <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, everyone yeah. is like, oh, <laughs> if only this magnificent Texas athlete weren't so great at football. Yeah, <laughs> unlike... You know, Texas' own Earl Campbell, who went to UT and then yeah. played for the Oilers. He's kind of like the anti-Earl Campbell, in a sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and Earl definitely, uh, I think we could do a show on Earl, because he he's another Texas And guy. we should. We, yeah, will. we should. We but, uh, will. But Mito Green, you know, before this came up, and we were, you know, talking about this, I had no idea he was from Texas. So that's pretty cool. He's a little before our time. I think that's the thing, yeah. is he was a little before I, our time. Yeah, I knew he was from Texas just from the UNT connection. I mean, UNT is quite proud of Joe Green. Um, that he played, you know, he is the reason why that they are the main Green. Uh, they were they were very according not, to some officials. Well, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that they he put them on the map in terms of right, football, right. and they and they really have never. 
I mean, they, they are that is the standard by which they live by in the, in the UNT football program. Well, let me say one thing about the UNT Mean Green. Doing a little looking up and researching this, I did find an interesting board where uh, there's some discussion between UNT alumni talking about the fact of, you know, well, we're actually the Eagles. But then somebody right. said, <laughs> you know, there's something like 28 colleges that are actually the Eagles. Right. So there's like, yeah. but there's only one Mean Green. And right. uh, nobody, you know, it's it's Crimson Tide and not the elephants. You know, that's right. So uh, I think Mean Green is a cool. It's a cool thing. Def- there's definitely a lot of green if you go to the UNT campus, and they're very proud of it. And uh, and it's still the day. It's me. There's more probably more Mean Green than there is uh, Eagles. Yeah, but uh, I mean, honestly, you know, you said he's before our time, but that commercial. Well, um, not the commercial was ob- the commercial. Obviously, I mean, it's. I don't remember if I saw it, you know, on TV originally or what, but it, it's something that I've always known about, and it's always been part of the the pop culture yeah. and the, the the zeitgeist of the time. Right. You know, I I knew who that was, and I knew about that commercial. I more meant that that his college career was well over before we were around, and yeah, so no. he's, you know, but 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 that so I don't think of him as a Texan, but wow, he's he's super yeah. Texan. So yeah, I mean, I, I just want to point out that you know, even though his his football career and you know that part of it was kind of before our time that we he was still part of the culture and he had that much of an impact well let's uh you know and anybody that's in smoking the amanda too is all right with me <laughs> yeah i also think it's cool that his you know he's known as mean joe green but as we talked about you know he really was not mean no. unless you were opposing him on the football field right <laughs> don't put on the pads is what you're saying yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I mean I remember that commercial and the thing is is that's also one of the most copied and parodied commercials of all times as well. Um No, yeah, they they were they're among the most but here's the other thing that I remember about the the Pittsburgh Steelers and that Joe Green was such a dominant force of, but the thing is is they had they had amazing defense, mm-hmm. like just a remarkably powerful defense. But they also had a great offense. They had Lynn Swan and they had Terry Bradshaw. And so they were the the ultimate spoilers of every Texan professional football fan's dreams. Yeah. Because so, Pittsburgh was in the same conference as the Houston Oilers. Well, here's, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they played God's team in the Dallas Cowboys repeatedly in the Super Bowls. Well, here's the hey, thing. Hey, I think it's just America's team. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I've always heard God's team. <laughs> Uh, well, let me just say uh, this for younger v- listeners out there. You may know Terry Bradshaw from his <laughs> being on TV, and you're like, he was actually a fantastic athlete long ago. Uh, they didn't just pick him up off, pick some crazy guy off the street and hand him a microphone and a blazer. The, uh, <laughs> the, the thing was really impressive when you read about Joe Green and his is just a sheer athleticism. And he's one of those, I think he's just one of those individuals that just is possessed of incredible athleticism. They talked about uh, in one story that his number of sacks went way down because he yeah. began to tackle two and three people at a time <laughs> so that the other defensive line could run, <laughs> run past him and get the sack. And, yeah, I mean, I thought it was remarkable that he had you know, out of a possible 190 games, he played in 181 of them. I I don't know if that's even typical of uh, anybody today, yeah. other than the quarterback, right? You know, it's like usually it's you just can't play that many games. No. And it's it's an he, it's an incredible story. Well, and he and, had a and he had a 
a career that today would just not be possible. I mean, he was he played from 1969 to 1981. I mean, that's I mean, most players have an average playing life of four years at the most. Uh, Some of the quarterbacks do have long careers, but that's a remarkable career. And it's such a smash mouth position in in such a, you know, such a rough time for the, you know, to be a football player. Did you just say Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth. He was. He was. He was. He was rough, man. He was. I've aggressive. never heard that word used in a context other than the name of a band. So. Oh well, that's the Smash Mouth football, man. I'm not a football guy. Right, we're marching band guy. That's right. Yeah. The horse. The horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. You know, uh, I I think the thing to say is I'm I'm glad that he retired in Texas. I'm glad that he's doing. Uh, He's participating in the Texas community. He's working on fundraising. He's doing motivational speaking. Uh, we're glad you're back, Joe. Welcome back to Texas. Uh, please stop helping Pittsburgh. Please. <laughs> S- signed, Texas football fans. <laughs> uh, that wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We love hearing from you. So like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or get yourself on over to brainstable.com and leave us some feedback. Tell us your favorite football stories, or what songs you like to hear marching bands play. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. If you want to follow us individually, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love this show. We know you love Texas. So get out there and do your duty. Tell your friends about us. And please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps us out to find new listeners just like you. And if you'd like to be a member of the Come and Take It Nation, go over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash texaspodcast. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. Thank you.